Coming to you live from the most powerful city in the world. Welcome to the Sideline Junkies. Sponsored by Anchor FM. Take it away, fellas. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Sideline Junkies. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG. Sitting in the big responsible chair, the pilot's chair of the mothership tonight. Uh, it's a solo flight, but that's cool. Never know who's going to come aboard. So, we got a lot to get into tonight. But before we jump into it, I want to shout out two of our very own. I want to shout out Delonte and Junie for coming out Saturday to North Forceville Community Center. Getting a little early morning bump with me and fellas from the 8 to 5 and a couple of other fellas we, you know, we ain't never balled with before. Uh, honorary sideline junkie, my 15-year-old son, we call him Dorito, but his name's Dario. He even got out there, got his thing going, man. Made me real proud. I, I was, had my chest poked out. So, I mean, to see my 15-year-old get out there with my, 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 my friends, my teammates, my partners, and then, you know, also his uncle Junie and his uncle Delante and you know get out there and play ball my man even blocked the dunk don't I don't care what none of y'all say my man blocked the dunk so get a few words from the the youngster real quick come on um it was just I, I just had a fun there I want to I really like to do it again sometime and you know really hoping to actually you know do better than how I did this time well last time there you have it, folks, from the mouth of the oldest. But my man did real good. I just got to get his confidence level up. But that's all right. Now, jumping into this show, every Tuesday we always do our NFL three and out. It's just three topics quickly. And sometimes, you know, we might get a penalty call and get the replay third down. But so far, we got three topics tonight for NFL three and out. First topic, and this is first down. Nick Foles. Oh, my goodness. Last week, we talked about Nick Foles. And, you know, I I thought that, you know, he's going to be free agent. They said, now, Eagles said they weren't going to franchise him. Okay, fine. That's awesome. That's great. Then we started looking at different teams he could go to. Um, Of course, it's been reported that Jacksonville will sign Nick Foles is expected. And this is reported two days ago, NBC sports, um, Fox sports, a lot of guys or a lot of outlets have reported such. So if that's the case, Nick Foles goes to Jacksonville. I was halfway right. Cause I said Tampa Bay, I believe Delonte and Junie agree with me because it could be a, 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 a pretty good situation. But he still made it into the state of Florida. How about that? So at least give me an A for effort there because I was close. Um, But here's my question. He's going to a Jacksonville team that signed Blake Bortles to, what was it, three years, $54 million last season? Let me make sure I got that right. Um, Yes, yes, yes. Matter of fact, last year, February 24th, 2018, 
Blake Bortles signed a three-year, $54 million contract to stay with the Jaguars through the 2020 season. Now, what does that mean for Blake Bortles? That's $54 million you have sitting on the bench, and they're going to, it's no doubt in my mind, they're going to sign Nick Foles to a long-term deal. We, we, we don't have to even play that game. We don't have to guess about it. We don't even have to, you know, play it up. It's going to happen. It's got to be a long-term deal. It's going to be a lot of guaranteed money. Because I, I I believe in my heart of hearts that last season, uh, Kirk Cousins set the table for the quarterback market from this day going forward. Well, that day going forward, I should say. Because he got $84 million guaranteed. And Kirk didn't have the greatest season. I think Nick Foles is a better quarterback. He's going to get more than $84 million guaranteed. His whole Alex Smith got what seventy nine, but it, it had the uh, the 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 no. I'm sorry, Alex Smith got seventy five, seventy four, seventy five, around that that much. But it has the potential to be worth ninety one, but he got seventy five guaranteed. See what I'm saying? He set the table. I know. Uh, uh, Nick Foles will get more. Than I, uh, Alex Smith, and he'll get more than Kirk Cousins, guaranteed money. But now, if he does sign with Jacksonville, uh, they still have Leonard Fournette. They have Carlos Hyde. Um, at wideout they have DJ DJ Chark, Marquise Lee, Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook. Um, of course they have a lights out defense. But when it comes to free agents, uh, Dante Moncarif, free agent. Uh, who else we got here? TJ Yeldon, a free agent. So those are two kind of sort of big pieces. Um, Dimitri Flowers. Uh, they're going to have to do something to to strengthen what's going on in Jacksonville because they need offense. Their offense at times were anemic this season. So something's got to be done. If you want to sign Nick Foles, it's great to have Nick Foles. And to 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 put it into perspective, Jacksonville right now signing Nick Foles is like putting lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. You're still going to lose because – who knows how healthy Leonard Fournette is? Uh, the problems that they had between with, with Fournette and Yeldon last year. Um, what is your your run game gonna look like? Because that's why Carlos Hyde was traded for. Then you don't really have that breakout receiver. I mean, Marquise Lee is good, but he can't do it by himself. Then you're gonna put everything on the defense, and that defense last year got torched torched this is not the defense from 2017 that surprised everybody they didn't play like that and i i don't know i i I don't agree with it but now my scenario was him going to tampa bay think about this he goes to tampa bay now tampa bay ryan fitzpatrick's an unrestricted free agent um Tampa Bay is supposed to part ways with uh, Jameis Winston. 
So he goes to Tampa. If he go, he was he were to go to Tampa Bay, uh, he would have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Deshaun Jackson at receiver. That's just his three his top three receivers. He has Cameron Brait at tight end along with OJ Howard. Now, if they go and uh Jaquiz Rogers is a unrestricted free agent, they re-sign him and Peyton Barber. Wow. You got a run game, you got the quarterback, you got the receivers, and uh uh uh, uh um don't forget their tackle. Um is it Donovan Smith? I believe is the the their their big name tackle, I believe is Donovan Smith. The one that they, they want to give the money to. So you you re-sign him, you re-sign a couple in-house players that, you know, don't let them hit the free agent market. And that's all that Tampa Bay was missing last season. Tampa Bay showed that that offense could move. Now it's gonna be a different offense under Byron Leftwich who's under Bruce Arians, it's going to be a totally different. And then you got Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, so you know that defense is going to be even more ramped up than it was last year. All they're missing is that one, that one piece, and Nick Foles is that piece in Tampa Bay. I want him in Tampa Bay, number one, because as a Redskins fan, I don't have to see him twice a year. I don't have to deal with him, but every couple of years, I'm fine with that. But also, that's a good fit. That is a awesome fit for him because those receivers, even when Deshaun, him and Deshaun Jackson, if I'm not mistaken, they played together in Philly. They have a rapport. Come on, come on now. This this this, this is why one of the reasons why I feel. And also, I think signing uh, 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 Nick Foles to Tampa Bay, if he signed with Tampa Bay, it would keep Deshaun Jackson a little happy because he got somebody he got a rapport with who he knows can get him the ball. So that's just my thoughts on it, to be quite honest. But (sighs) Jacksonville going to come out of pocket. But I'm hoping that Jacksonville doesn't overpay. So. Those uh, are my points, my two cents. Um, hell, that was even a nickel if you want <laughs> you want to be technical about it. So, on with the second down. This is a big story for me because um, <laughs> I'm a Redskins fan, and they're talking about the Arizona Cardinals are planning on or trying to trade former UCLA quarterback. Former first round 10th overall pick in the 2018 draft. We're just going in. It hasn't even been a year yet. Uh, it hasn't been a calendar year. It hasn't been 365 days yet. And Arizona is trying to trade Josh Rosen. And they say the Redskins, every report that I'm reading is that the Redskins are leading the pack. <sighs> this right here. Is one trade that I really want to go through. I want to go through. Because we don't know the state of Alex Smith right now. Because of um his leg injury. Him breaking his leg compound fracture. 
the infection, the surgeries, everything. We don't know his football state. And to be quite honest, I keep saying this. Football is not important when it comes to Alex Smith right now. Quality of life, his health is what's more important. I'm not worried about, uh, you know, I hear people saying, well, y'all still got to pay him. I don't care. I don't care that we have to pay him. He deserves to get paid. Like, that's a, a, a catastrophic injury. So he deserves to get his guaranteed money. It's guaranteed for a reason. So that, that that's supposed to happen. I'm not worried about that. I'm not mad about it. Please pay the man. You know, I wouldn't care if they restructured it and he was he got the Bobby Bonilla deal. And he's on our, our, our payroll for the next 25 years. And we paying him every uh, uh, March 12th, uh, beginning of an, the league new year, he's getting paid <laughs> um, something like uh, a million five or three million or something like that until the contract's paid off. I don't care. And then, you know, you throw in interest, give them 2% interest or something like that. I wouldn't care because it's not about football anymore. It's about quality of life. If he can never step on the field again, but he gets to keep his leg and they don't have to amputate anything like that. That's a win. That is a win. Because it, 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 it's more to life than that. You got to think about what 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 are you going to do once football is done with you? And it, that's why I'm not stressing. And I feel that he shouldn't rush back. So if he's not going to rush back, we need to move on as a team. I say still keep him in the fold. Make him feel uh, uh, at home and comfortable. But we have to move on on the field, if you understand what I'm saying. So Josh Rosen, Rosen, excuse me, is on the table from Arizona. Now, I've seen uh a mock draft that said uh the Redskins would give up the 15th pick to get him. No, sir. Now, the Redskins hold the number 15 pick in the first round, 46 in the second, 76 and 96 in the third, 153, 173 in the fifth, 206 in the sixth. 222 and 253 in the 7th. So that's 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 picks. 2, 4, 6, 7, 8, yep, 9. 9 picks. And the 96th pick, the 173rd, the 206, and the 253 are all compensatory picks. So you got 9 picks. And they're talking about giving the 15th pick to the Cardinals for Rosen. I don't agree with that because number one, I got to get something out of this deal. You already got, now the Cardinals already got the top pick. They're talking about taking Kyler Murray. And I, I mean, you, you want to unload Rosen. Okay. Now Rosen, his rookie deal is a four year deal worth $17.8 million with $11 million signing bonus. Be quite honest, I think we can absorb that and, and 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 still, you know, pretty much work with it. It's not a problem because we need a quarterback. And everybody say, oh, why are we going out and getting a retrade? How are we getting a retrade? How are we getting a retrade? I'll never understand how people feel that a, a young quarterback 
who only played 14 games last night is a I'm last night, I'm sorry. Last season is a retreat. He's nowhere near a retreat. He hasn't even got a thousand miles on his on his tires yet. So don't call him a retreat. Now, his stats for last year, no, well, first of all, his physical stats. Six foot four, two hundred and twenty six pounds. At the combine, he ran a four nine and a forty. So he's not fast. But you know, you bring him here, you're gonna have to revamp the line. Last season, he played fourteen games, started thirteen. He was two seventeen and three ninety three, only completed fifty five percent of his passes. Uh, 2,278 yards, a 5.8 yard average, 11 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, a 66.7 rating. Okay. He was sacked 45 times. Uh, he fumbled 10 times and lost three of them. He was three and 10 as a starter. Now you have to put that in the context and look at where he played last year. The Cardinals were three and thirteen. They had a rookie head coach. Okay. Uh the only weapon that they had, well, the weapons that they had, David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, you take them two out of the equation. They're gone. Out of the equation. Bye. You're three and thirteen. Because that's what they did. In most games, they shut Larry Fitzgerald down. Larry Fitzgerald came on later in the season. But by that time, it was already too late. So, you have to put that into uh, context on why he played like that. Number one, he was a rookie. Number two, you know, he had Sam Bradford in front of him. He was the backup. But it just didn't work out. Maybe a fresh start will work out. And him being here, now, what would I give up? I would give up a second, one of the thirds, and probably one of the fifths to get him. I'd give up three picks to get him, okay? But I'm not giving up that that 15 pick. We need that 15 pick, okay? So let's say in a perfect world, you give up the second, the second round pick, which is pick 46, uh, pick 96 in the third, and pick 153 in the the fifth. Those are your three picks you give up. You get him. You bring him here. All right, he's here. Now, what are you going to do to put around him? Because we're going to need to free up some money. Either uh, 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 Josh Norman restructures or he gets cut. That's it and that's all. It's no going around it. No nothing. You either restructure or you're cut. Paul Richardson, restructure. Okay. Um, Samaji P. Ryan has to go. You bring back Adrian Peterson. So that means you would have Darius Geis, Chris Thompson, Adrian Peterson, and I would bring back um, uh, 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 Byron Marshall too because he's a restricted free agent. So I bring back Byron Marshall too. So his receivers would be Josh Dotson, Paul Richardson, Cam Sims, who is an absolute beast. He got hurt in the preseason, but he is a beast. Mr. Sly, you turned me on him. That's one of those one of those that you hit on was Cam Sims. You hit Cam Sims dead on the head, dude. He can flat out ball. We know this. 
um, Trey Quinn, who showed that he could play. Now, as far as uh, uh, Chesson and Robert Davis, uh, Darvin Kidsey, I- I'm, not, I'm not too sold on them. So I would actually bring back Maurice Harris. Then he also would have Vernon Davis, Jeremy Sprinkle, and Jordan Reed. Now, a healthy Jordan Reed, we know what he could do. We know what a healthy Jordan Reed can do. But we have to keep Jordan Reed healthy. But in front of him, you have Morgan Moses, who is a absolute beast. And I, I mean that in the form of this man will go down and play hurt an entire season. Morgan Moses is a animal. And he can he, he can play the right tackle spot. He is very good at what he does. Don't let the hype fool you that he's not. Morgan Moses is better than a lot of other right tackles in this league. Then you have Brandon Scherf, one of the best guards in the league. I can deal with Chase Rouye as the pivot man in the middle. I have no problem with that. Uh, that other guard spot is where you got a little issue at. Because you could you could re-sign Tony Bergstrom. Uh, Jonathan Cooper played well. <laughs> Sean Laval is the one that starts there. Uh Ari Kwanjo, th- th- those are guys that you can re-sign. Cause right now, as of right now, on the 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 the, the roster signed is Kyle Fuller and Tyler Catalina. So left guard would be somewhere we need to work and get a good left guard to be plugged in there. But also we need depth on that line. And then of course, at left tackle, in my opinion, a top five left tackle in this game. The silverback Trent Williams. Now, you're putting all these pieces around Josh Rosen. He doesn't have the pressure of carrying the team, okay? He can turn around and hand it off to Darius Geis. He can turn around and hand it off to AP. He can throw out of the backfield to Chris Thompson. He can hand off to Chris Thompson because you know what Chris Thompson can do when he catches out the backfield. Ask the Rams what he can do. We just got to keep him healthy. Same thing with uh, uh, Byron Marshall. You bring him back. Another uh, player to, uh, we need to bring back, Ty Secchi for depth. Because Ty Secchi can play either tackle and both guards. So that's another one that we need to bring back on offense. I mean, the, 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 the possibilities are endless. But it all starts with getting a quarterback. And then maybe, just maybe, we can look to getting AB who's everybody's calling for but in order to get AB you need somebody to throw him the ball and you got another third round pick hey that third round pick you still holding on to of hey uh uh Pittsburgh y'all want this third round pick for AB come on we'll take him. let's go everybody say well no you don't want that type in the locker room you never know what type he is he's a fun loving guy um he, he he's pretty good at what he does. <laughs> Stats don't lie. All you got to do is get him the ball. And if you get him the ball, you put him in that receiving core with Paul Richardson, Cam Sims, Josh Dotson, uh, Trey Quinn, and bring back Maurice Harris. And then you make uh, a, a deal for Antonio Brown. That's six receivers right there. And yes, we need six. Because uh, Maurice Harris can return kicks. 
Paul Richardson can return punts. So can Trey Quinn. So you got guys that do more than one thing. Not only that, you think about this. In the red zone, you got Josh Dotson. Now, this is if. This is just a hypothetical. You would have Josh Dotson and Maurice Hurst. Two big receivers, well over six feet. But you put them in a trip's left with Jordan Reed. Who going out there to check them three? You don't know which three to check. All of them can jump. All of them got hands. But then on top of that, on the other side of the formation, tight, you got Vernon Davis. Now you coming down, you on a on a four-yard line, and I got AP in the backfield. So think about that. Trips left. Dotson, Harris, uh, 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 <laughs> Jordan Reed, all trips left in a bunch formation. You got Vernon Davis tight to the line on the right-hand side. I got AP in the backfield. I can kill you in five different ways. Touchdown. All he got to do is drop back, and it's like pick your poison. That's where we need to incorporate RPOs because right there he would have to make that decision. He would drop back, boom, make that decision, and then drop it right in there. That's it. That is it. I'm just like, ah, oh. <laughs> all you need is a quarterback to do this. Once again, that's my two cents. That's my nickel. That's how I see it working out. And that's even if we don't get Antonio Brown. I think we'll be contenders. I think we'll be playoff contenders. And we haven't been playoff contenders in quite some time to start the season. All we got to do is keep everybody healthy. That's the whole point. And that's just the offense. I may get in the defense next week. One, the closer we get to the draft, I think I'll get in the defense. So, that was second down on the third down. The NFL Combine. Whoo, boy. It went from February 26th until yesterday, March 4th. And <laughs> they they... Wow. It was interesting. Um, I, I will say the least. But I, I I don't I won't say that I was very impressed. Uh Zedrick Woods ran a 429 40-yard dash on Monday. He's a safety out of Ole Miss, and he ran the fastest time of the 2019 combine. That's great. Uh everybody's Falling in love with DK Metcalf and Mr. Sly. A couple of other Redskins fans like, oh, we should pick him at 15. And I'm like, no, that would be a bad idea since you're falling in love with his, uh, what do you run, a 4-3? And with that 4-3, he still has to be able to catch the ball. See what I'm saying? And I'm I'm telling everybody, you can't fall in love with a... Yes, don't get me wrong. He's a physical specimen. 6'4", 230. Physical specimen. Great. Cool. But you got to look at it like this. He hasn't played but 21 uh, 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 college games at Ole Miss. Um, He... 
injured his foot his first year. Uh, wow. He had two receptions for 13 yards, both going for touchdowns. Uh, 2017, 39 reception for 646 and seven touchdowns. Last season, just passed. 26 receptions, 569. He only played seven games. Injured his neck against Arkansas, and that was it for his season. So, his career totals for three years at Ole Miss, because he was a red shirt sophomore, 67 receptions, 1,228 yards, 14 touchdowns. For some receivers, that's a season. This is a career. This is what he did in three years. So, he suffered a foot injury, a neck injury. Two out of three years to end this season. Okay. Understand all that. I'm not impressed. My thing is, you can be fast as all outdoors. You can be quick as lightning. Can you run routes? Can you catch? When you run your route, are you lazy? Do you break it off? I mean, that's my whole point when you're evaluating a receiver in the draft. I don't care what team you are. When you're evaluating a receiver, you have to look at all the things that he does. Does he know uh, uh, how to sit down in the zone to catch a pass? Can he find that spot and find a soft spot in the zone and say, ha, I'm right there? When he goes to make a cut, whether it be for a comeback, a post, a slant, does he have the hips to do it? In my opinion, DK Metcalf does not have the hips that he needs right now. That can be worked on. But will I take him in the first round at 15? No, I will not. I will not. That's my opinion. And I was told that, well... You always saying somebody a bum, but they be turning out to be uh, pretty daggone good. Name somebody I said that was a bum that turned out to be pretty good. I'll wait. If you can name me three people, anybody that knows me, anybody that listens to this show, you know me and you, you, you know three people that I said would be a bum. Now, I may say some teams are some trash and they wound up winning. But if I name an individual player that said, I said is a bum and they turned out to be pretty daggone good and actually – not for a game, not three games, not a, a five or six game stretch. I'm talking about a season, and then the following season followed up with another good year. You find me three, three. I'll let you call into the show and get five minutes to rake me over the coals, gloat, do all of that, get your point across. You find me three that I said was good. Sideline Junkies 24 7 at gmail.com if you got three because one thing i don't do is call somebody good that's not i say that they have potential they could be good in the right offense even if they're not i mean i i have i been wrong yeah i've been wrong on guys that, that uh i'm not a guru but i've been wrong on guys that you know they showed out in the combine but they were trash when they got to the league speed guys that can run, but couldn't run a pattern to save their lives. DK Metcalf can run. He's a physical specimen. He can catch, but I'm worried about him getting out of the brakes of his route. I'm worried about his physical stature. You know, guys that play receiver, that play uh, a safety that are that big. He is cop diesel, solid, straight muscle. 
those guys are so big sometimes they can't play their position properly. Like if they move the wrong way, it looks like they're going to break because they don't have the flexibility. See what I'm saying? That's what I worry about. I, I worry about him falling into the line of uh, a David Boston, not the off the field or the uh, PED problem that David Boston had, but the size of David Boston, he kept getting hurt. I'm worried about him falling into the line of LaRon Landry. Not the PED side, but he kept getting hurt. These were physical specimens that could really play ball. But were, what's the, I don't want to say too big, but they weren't football diesel. They were just bodybuilder diesel. You know, they, they were just swole, <laughs> to put it mildly. I mean, that's not even putting it mildly. It's being truthful. They were just swole, okay? So, I mean, geez. I'm not taking nothing away from him or anybody else, but I don't want him to be taken at 15 and he turned out to be Darius Haywood Bay. And I'm talking, I'm speaking as that from a Redskins fan. Now, being in the DMV, Darius Haywood Bay went to Maryland. He used to burn defense. Yeah, you can run a fly pattern, but when I need you to run a deep end or a deep seven, Oh, I need you to run a deep post. I need you to run a slant. Can you run that? Nah, you can't. I don't want DK Metcalf to be that. Not saying that he is. But that's like uh, the guy out of Buffalo. Uh, what's his name? Tyree Jackson. Now, Tyree Jackson ran a 4-4-40 at the combine. He was the MAC, MAC. He went to Buffalo. He's a bull. The MAC. Offensive player of the year last year. Six foot seven, 245 pounds. And he ran a 4-4. I mean, guys are drooling over him. What I looked at when I looked at his college stats, he, I'm not going to say he's overly accurate, but he doesn't look to run first. That's one thing I can say about him looking at his stats. Uh, he makes good decisions. Uh, his first year was 2016 freshman year, uh, 165, three for, of 331, a 53% completion rate, 1,772 yards, nine touchdowns, nine interceptions. He comes back sophomore year, uh, 60% completion rate, 2,096 yards, 12 touchdowns, three interceptions. I mean, that's good decision-making. Last year, 225 of 4-7, 55.3 completion percentage, 3,131 yards, 28 touchdowns, 12 INTs. And for a career in three years, he's only ran for 757 yards. So as quick as he is, he doesn't look to run awful lot. I mean, he's never ran more than 100 times in a season. 99 in freshman year, sophomore year, 47, 57, 55 last year. 201 times in his whole entire college career. So, do with that being said, his height, um, his, his decision-making seems to be pretty good. Would I pick him first? No, not at all. I wouldn't pick him in the first round. I think he's a possible third-rounder. Maybe even 
a low second rounder. And that's not taking anything away from him. I don't care that he went to Buffalo. He may have the intangibles. He he may have way more smarts than, than we know. And he may turn out to be one of the best quarterbacks in this daggone draft that somebody took a chance on and groomed him. But you got to find, BJ says it all the time, you got to look at these guys' strengths, cater to his strengths, find his weaknesses, cover his weaknesses up for right now while you're working on them, and then make his weaknesses his strength. You cater your offense to him. Don't make him cater to your offense. That goes for any quarterback, Kyler Murray, Drew Locke, uh, uh, Dwayne Haskins, any of those guys. I don't care. You got to cater an offense to that player's strengths and hide his weaknesses. Then work on his weaknesses behind closed doors. You can't come in and say, well, this is the offense we run and this is what we're going to do and we're going to do this. No. Okay. This is what we run. What are you comfortable with running? Okay. We can turn this to this and this to that, that. That's what OTAs for. That's what training camp is for. But the big question is, I, 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 I'm, I feel like I'm rambling on, but I'm sorry, but I had to get that off my chest. But the big question is, it was posed by BJ. Is the com? Well, I'm gonna ask the question: Is the combine really necessary anymore? It used to be, you go to the combine, you're invited, uh, you're unknown. Nobody has really seen you. You're from a small school and you wow the scouts and you move up. And next thing you know, you know, you're playing on the, on, in the NFL and everybody like, man, where did this guy come from? Nobody knew about him. He's coming from this small school and nobody's heard of this. And nobody's heard of that. And you wow. Now, most of the guys, the big guys, they, you know, Kyler Murray didn't even throw at the combine. He did measurements. He didn't throw. He's going to have a pro day. And that's what most guys are doing. They're either skipping the combine and having a pro day or they'll have a pro day before the combine, something like that. But what is the point of the combine? You know, you're there. You're supposed to be there to evaluate talent. But how can you truly evaluate talent? I think that's what the senior bowl is for. But it should be something for the underclassmen. Something for the juniors and the sophomores that are coming out. Well, red shirt sophomores, I should say, that are coming out where you can evaluate them with game speed. Because at the combine, you're running a 40. You're bench pressing 225 as many times as you can. Um, You're doing a shuttle, the cone drill. You take the wonder lick. Okay. Great. But you'll never know how good of a player this guy is. Unless you see him in actual competition. Kind of sort of like what the NBA does with the summer league. They'll draft a guy and they send you out to the summer league to play. and But you're playing against guys that were in your draft class and two draft classes ahead of you. That's great. I'm not saying that, the you know, football, you really can't do that. But you got to give me something. With these college players, you invite, you got your senior bowl. You invite the seniors, okay, bang. Now, what about those red shirt sophomores, the juniors that are entering a draft? What about those guys? Give me a game where those guys play. Now, if I'm wrong, hey, you more than welcome, you know, 
Instagram, Facebook, uh, 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 Twitter. Hit me up. Hit the sideline junkies up and say, hey, KG, you was wrong for that. I had no problem arguing with you. I don't have no problem talking to you. And hell, if you're in the area, I might tell you, come on, let's go to Krispy Kreme out with something. Shoot. Let's go sit down and have a donut and a cup of coffee and talk this over. I mean, it's nothing. This is what I love to do. This is what we love to do. So we always into that. And I'll prove my point. But something has to be done because I agree with what BJ said. It's a dog and pony show. You're not really evaluating talent out there in Indianapolis anymore. You can't really tell what these guys can do until they strap them up. They lace up their cleats. They put them pads on. They strap that helmet on. That's when you'll tell what they can do. When they got competition they've never seen before. If I know I've been invited and they send out invites in December to the combine. So if I know I got to go in February to the combine, the end of February. I got the invitation in December. I'm working every day on that 225 bench press. I'm working on getting my 40 time fast. I'm getting with track guys, coaches, everything to get my 40 time better. I'm doing these things, these intangibles that I know that they're going to put me through to get better. Now, overall, it may translate even better to the field, but still, I can for lack of a better term, fake it till I make it and look good at the combine. And all of a sudden, I'm a late first round pick and I just shot up to the first pick because I had a great combine. But then I get to the league and I can't play. I'm a quarterback that can't recognize a, 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 a blitz coming. I don't know how to audible. I'm basically he's Shuler. That's basically, I'm Ryan Leaf. They talked so highly about Ryan Leaf in that draft. And I'm just, they said he was so much better than Peyton Manning. How did that turn out? Peyton Manning has two Super Bowl rings. And he's about to be a Hall of Famer. How did that turn out? Same thing with uh, Achilles Smith, Tim Couch. These guys had great combines. They were the one and two. How did that turn out? That's my whole point. And I, I, BJ, when you hear this, I agree with you wholeheartedly, brother. Something has to be done in a different way to, uh, 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 to, to evaluate talent. It has to be done. It has to be. And speaking of uh, Tim Couch and Achilles Smith, Cleveland could have had Donovan McNabb if they needed a quarterback. They could have had Dante Culpepper, right? Uh, who else came out that year? Uh, shout out Ebenezer Ecubon, former Bladensburg Mustang. That's what school I went to. Um, geez, I'm 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 trying to go through and, and go back and look at this. Uh, Sean King came out in '99. He played pretty daggone good for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He took him to an NFC Championship game. Oh, man. But this is my whole point. Look at the people that could have went if you would have evaluated the talent the proper way. 
And I, I feel that, you know, you can't base everything off of college stats. So I need that game where you're under NFL tutelage. You're under NFL coaches, executives, they just out there. You know, hey, it's another game that you could pay to pay. I mean, charge people to see. But it's another way to evaluate talent. Okay. Now, before I get up out of here and take this break, uh, Eric Weddle has been released or will be released. It doesn't matter. Safety Eric Weddle. Baltimore's releasing him. Uh, they released, uh, geez, now I'm drawing a blank because <laughs> I got Cleveland Browns in my mind, so I'm drawing a blank. But they released their running back. Um, geez. Eh, boy. Of course I can't remember his name. But give me a second. They released him after a accident on what uh Friday, Saturday, over the weekend. But they 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 wound up releasing uh him. Uh they're talking about trying to sign CJ Mosley. You know, Baltimore got a lot going out on out there. Um they got unrestricted free agent Ty Montgomery, CJ Mosley, as I said. Zadarius Smith, Terrell Suggs, uh, even RG3, Robert Griffin III is a free agent. Oh, man. So they got a lot of things to do there, too. So a little bit of building to go on up, up 295 a little ways. But I'm going to step away for a minute, come back with a little NBA talk. And I ain't going to burn your ears off with it, but, you know, we'll blow through that and So just stay tuned. Keep on listening. Take a word from our sponsor. Be right back. And we right back like we never left. Uh, I'm going to say this maybe about 10 more times before the end of this episode. You have any questions, comments, concerns. You can always email the sideline junkies 24-7 at gmail.com. You can hit the website, sidelinejunkies.com, Facebook, Sideline Junkies, colon podcast, uh, Instagram and Twitter, Sideline Junkies. Hit the DMs and let me know what you feel. You can also create an anchor page if you don't already have one and you can call into the show. You get a minute, let it flow. Keep it clean, but let it flow. Uh, Now, on to some NBA talk. And... If you don't agree with this one or you got something to say, you got another player you want to throw in there, hey, go ahead. My question is, is Kevin Durant the best player in the league right now? Kevin Durant, a.k.a. the easy sniper, known to some as the Slim Reaper. Or to those uninitiated, KD, um, this season, in 35 minutes, 35 and a half minutes of play, he's averaging 27.6 points, uh, shooting 51.3 from the field, 36 behind the line, 36% behind the line, 6.9 rebounds, 5.8 assists, and he's even averaging 1.2 blocks. Pretty much on par for his career average. Like, 
I, I don't really see <laughs> any any signs of let up. He's what thirty years old. Be thirty one later on this year, and well, it'll be next season by the time he turns thirty one. But I think he's honestly the best player in the league. I'm not taking anything away from LeBron, and everybody's piling on LeBron because of the situation with the Lakers. Ugh. But KD has showed, even no matter how you feel about him going to the Warriors, he took a a, a pretty damn good team in the Warriors and made them even better. So they won a championship without him, but they became unstoppable with him. Now you got him and Boogie. I mean, geez, man. that, that You still got Steph. You still got Clay. You got Draymond. I mean, man. And one thing I will say about them, they can play some defense. And this is, I think, maybe last season or season before last, somebody asked Steve Kerr, and it was on national TV, asked Steve Kerr, why do does his guys play defense the way that they do? And the first thing he said, and it's the most classiest move. Well, let me say one of the most classiest moves by Steve Kerr. He gave props to the coach before him, Mark Jackson. He said, that's why these guys play defense like this is because of Mark Jackson. I had nothing to do with it. It's all about Mark. That right there is classy. You have uh, Kevin Durant, who's surrounded by pretty much all-star K's. He got DeMarcus Cousins, Steph Curry, uh, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, don't sleep on him, Kevin Looney, don't sleep on him, Klay Thompson. I mean, this team, they're deep. Quinn Cook, Jordan Bell, deep, deep. And out of everybody I named, and that's just the, the, the big names, out of everybody I name, I think KD is the best. I think he is the best on this team. I think he's the best in the West. I think he's the best in the league. Only other player that it's only two players outside of LeBron James. LeBron's not in this argument. We're not talking about LeBron. Outside of LeBron James, it's only two players that I think can challenge KD for best in the league. And that's Giannis Antetokounmpo, and maybe, maybe Russell Westbrook. But a lot of people may say, what about James Harden? What about him? I mean, yeah, he's having an excellent season, but (laughs) now I I gave you KD stats, 27, 51% from behind, from, uh, from the field, 36 from behind the line. Almost seven rebounds, almost six assists. Okay. Now, looking at Harden, let's look at Harden real quick. And you got to look, who makes their team better? Harden playing 37 and a half minutes. He's averaging 36 points. His shooting is percentage is less than KD, 43.9. Shooting about the same from behind the arc, 36. But he's only giving you six assists. I'm sorry, seven assists. And six rebounds. I expect a little bit more from James Harden. But I, I would love to see 
the average of shots he takes every night. Now, it looks like he takes, on average, 30 shots. Today is the 5th. So, t- tonight, he took, he scored 35 points in 37 minutes. Um, <laughs> 12 of 30. 3 of 9 from 3. 1 rebound, 3 assists, 3 steals. Okay? On the 3rd, 2 days ago, he played 39 minutes, 42 points, 14 of 31. 6 of 18 from behind the line. 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and a block. On the 28th, last week, 44 minutes, he scored 58 points. He was 16 of 32. 8 for 18 from the three-point range. 8 for 18 from three-point lane. Seven rebounds, ten assists, four steals, one block. I'm, I'm not impressed with those numbers. Like, you are jacking at a rapid pace. I can't put you in this conversation with KD. I really can't. I mean, Harden, yeah, you're you having a, a scoring outburst. Now, let, let, let's go back. Uh, Golden State played the Sixers on the second. Kevin Durant, 37, point, uh, 37 minutes, 34 points, 11 to 24, 2 of 7 from three-point lane, five rebounds, five assists. He didn't play against the Magic on the 28th. On the 27th, 39 minutes, 29 points, 9 for 21, 3 for 12, bad night, five, five, five and five rebounds and assists two blocks but he's not jacking the ball 30 times right that 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 that's an issue for me with james harden so i can't put him in this category now Giannis antetokounmpo him and kevin durant are similar in my opinion because kd is listed at six nine we all know kd's seven foot we're not even going, going to tell that lie. That, that man had a growth spurt. He's at seven feet tall now. They say the same thing about Giannis. Giannis, is at, it got him listed at 6'11". Uh, He's really seven feet. We're not even going to play that game, okay? Here's Giannis' last three games, and this is why I put him in the category with uh, KD. I think KD is the Giannis of the West, and Giannis is the KD of the East. How about that? 34 minutes, 21. This is against the Suns on the 4th yesterday. 34 minutes, 21 points, 8 for 14 from the field. He was 0 for 1 from behind the line. 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals. On the 2nd, against the Jazz, 32 minutes, 43 points, 15 of 26, 2 for 3 from behind the line. 14 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals. And a block. Against the Lakers on the first. It's my grandma's birthday. 32 minutes. 16 points. 7 of 14. 0 for 2 from behind the line. But he had 15 rebounds. 6 assists. Now his season stats are 33 minutes even. 27 points per game. 57% from the field. 24% from behind the line. He's averaging 12.6 rebounds. Six assists, 1.4 steals, one and a half blocks. That stat line right there. He's the best in the East. No competition, hands down, no question. Don't want to hear it.
Ain't nothing you can say. So, with that being said, I'll say KD is the best in the league, but Giannis Antetokounmpo is 1A. And I'm the only reason I'm not taking nothing away from LeBron James, not nothing whatsoever. But I got to give these two gentlemen props for how good they're playing. Because looking at the NBA standards, the Bucks sit at number one in the East at 48 and 16. And they, they, they got a slim lead over the Raptors. Um, two games up oh, two and a half i take that back two and a half but they're they're first and they've been first majority of this season out in the west the warriors two they got a two-game lead over the nuggets but they're 44 and 19 the way these guys play and the bucks are, are record-wise a better team the way these guys play they make their teams better who knows that might be your finals matchup right there. Oh, moving on to our second topic for the NBA. Um, I'm going to play a little virtual GM with the L.A. Lakers. So this is virtual GM L.A. Lakers style. They said they had paused uh, contract talks with Melo because they, you know, they're in the 10th spot. Um, where the Lakers sitting? Lakers, I'm sorry, the Lakers have dropped down to 11th right now. They are 30 and 34 right now. 14 and a half games out of first. They are, what is that? Five and a half games out of the eighth spot behind the Spurs. Now, everybody is blaming LeBron James for this, and I don't blame LeBron for anything. LeBron doesn't walk out on the floor and play one on five. He doesn't walk out there and, and, and say, you know what? Uh, this is my team. This is my city. I'm doing this. I'm that you can't blame LeBron James. He can't take the full brunt. That whole entire team has to take it. And and they're not a bad team. They are not. The Lakers are not a bad team. I think Kyle Kuzma has really broke out. Um, it's because of Jim that I started watching Kyle Kuzma. I I I I've watched uh, Lonzo Ball kind of sort of mature a little bit, and I, I think he could be a lot better. He just got to work. He's hurt right now, but I mean he, he he's going to have to work. Uh, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, I like him. Tyson Chandler, uh, uh, Brandon Ingram, JaVale McGee, they got players. Rajon Rondo, Lance uh, Stevenson, they got players. They got players, but it's, it, it's going to take time to jail. And right now, it's they, they'll jail. But uh, I, I have to say, it's got to be now and never. But since they paused talks with with Melo and me as the virtual GM, I'm going to sign Carmelo Anthony. 
because I need that gun. I need that hired gun. But I need a focused Carmelo. I need Denver Nuggets Carmelo. Forget Laker. I mean, not Laker. I'm sorry. I'm speaking, putting the cart in front of the horse. Forget New York Nick Mello. I need Denver Nugget Mello. Okay? That's the Mello I need. It's only $2.3 million. That's it. Sign them. You need that gun. You need a shooter. You need somebody that has no conscience and is going to score. But you need him to be focused. This is where LeBron has to come in. That's your boy. He's part of the Banana Broke crew. That's him, uh, uh, D-Wade, LeBron, Chris Paul. That's the Banana Boat crew. Talk to him, LeBron. Hey, you come here, we're going to work. Work like you did during the summer when y'all was playing those pickup games and you was firing everybody up with that damn hoodie on. Call a league. If you need to play in the hoodie and make you feel comfortable like your cocoon, dude, call a league. Like, look, I need to play in this hoodie. Medical reasons. Let him play in the hoodie. Adam Silver. Because I guarantee you it's going to be hand down, man down all day long. Mama, there goes that man. Because Melo just hasn't been focused the last couple of years. But I swear, I swear, I believe that LeBron could get him back focused because that's his man. And that's like playing with, that's like me playing unfocused. But I go join a team with Junie. And Junie talks to me and says, hey, we need you focused. We got a chance to do something here. I got somebody that's been in my corner, that's been my friend for years, since we came into the league together in 2003, talking to me, telling me we need to get focused. All right, let's get it. Let's go get this ring. Let me get this tarnish off my legacy. Let's go. Then you go from there. Now, me as a GM, I'm going to go to LeBron. Hey, I'm going to sign Melo. And the same thing I just said. I'm going to tell LeBron, this is your boy. Get him together. We sign him. That's an extra gun. He wants to start. Look, dude, I'm trying to bring you in off the street. We'll work you into that. Perform. I wouldn't care. And and Melo's mindset has to be, that, okay, maybe I'm at the point in my career where I don't start, but I can be the sixth man and still get valuable minutes. Almost every big star does it, has done it. Michael Jordan came off the bench late in his career. Bill Walton came off the bench late in his career. And Bill Walton, in my opinion, is one of the greatest basketball players, college basketball players to ever play. We didn't really get all of him in uh, the NBA because of injuries. But once he got himself together, he went to Boston. He was the sixth man. And he came in and he contributed. Come on now. That's all Melo got to do. He got to play that Bill Walton role. He wants his ring. That's what it's all about. It's not about the money. It's not about the individual achievements. It's about that ring. It's about the Larry O'Brien trophy. That's all that matters. All that matters is the Larry O'Brien trophy. Now, see, why am I not giving this? Why, why am I not giving this speech to Mello right now? Why am I not sitting? I'm sitting at my desk right now. Why am I not sitting at my desk looking across at Mello? 
coaxing him to sign with me. All we need from you every night, 25, maybe 30. But I'm going to need you to give me at least 22 points right now. Give me an extra 22. You hit your 22. I got you. I'll hold up my end of the bargain. I'll make sure I bring you back next year. You come to practice prepared every day to work. That's your mentality. We're going to do work. Film study, all of that. We're going to work. Let's get it. It's not about you winning MVP, uh, six man of the year, defensive, all defensive team, all NBA. It's not about none of that. It's about winning the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the season. Because you can win MVP. You can win six man of the year. You can win all of those individual achievements and still don't have a ring to say world champion. All those achievements mean nothing. When you're trying to win a ring. Me personally. I'd rather have. 10 rings rather than 10 MVPs. Not only the 10 rings. But I contributed. On each one of those wins. Are you. Ready to take that step. Grow up. Understand that you may not start. But if I I can give you starters minutes. But I need you to come in, be focused, check the attitude at the door. Let's go. That's it. That's all. That's exactly how I would come at Melo. I mean, I'm not expecting Magic Johnson or anybody to come at him like that. But that's what needs to be said. Check your ego at the door. Let's go win a championship. Right now, as we're sitting here talking. Five and a half games out of the eighth spot. Five and a half. We grind and we work hard. We can make up that ground. But you got to grind out the wings. You got to play within the system. Find your spot. Play your part. Do what needs to be done to win. That's it and that's all. That's it. It's nothing else that needs to be done. But that's my rant as virtual GM of the Lakers. Now, quick one. Last but not least, speaking about uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo earlier, can the Milwaukee Bucks win the NBA championship? That was my question. Looking at the East, it's going to be a tough road in the playoffs. Possibly when he gets to the conference finals, because I think they will make the conference finals. But uh, I give them the Bucks. Uh, a 70, I'll say a 73, 74% chance of coming out of the East. And if they play the Warriors, I think that's going to be one of the best finals we've seen in a long time. But experience versus youth, I don't know. Giannis got, he, he, he got something special on him. But dare I say it, I mean, it's just a preliminary. I ain't going to say book it just yet. But Warriors, Bucks, give me the Bucks in the finals, 4-3 over the Warriors. There it is. So, hey, y'all. I done burnt y'all up enough tonight. Um, thank you for allowing myself 
Delonte, BJ, Jim, Junie, Allen when he's on, the People's Choice Don Rodriguez, every one of the sideline junkies, thank you for allowing us to come into your homes, your job, your workout, um, your car, wherever you listen to us at. Thank you. Uh, everybody that, that has came up to me at the 8 to 5 and, you know, to talk about something that was said on here, appreciate it. Uh, big, 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 big shout out to a, a couple of guys. Um, Just me and the fam. You know who you are, brother. Uh, my man Keith, Nacho711, even my man Keith, Mr. Sly. <laughs> And shout out to you. Shout out to all the fellas from the Fantasy League. Um, shout out to my man, Keith. Marquise, thank you. Thank you all. A faithful listener, man. Appreciate that. Everybody. So, that's all our time. Y'all have a wonderful evening. A wonderful Wednesday. Um, hopefully, Lord willing, the creek don't rise. Sideline Junkies be right back at you Thursday. Uh, you know, it'll be a little later, but you know, we'll be ready for your Friday morning commute. But we'll be right back there. But keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Sideline Junkies. All you got to do is put on Facebook, Sideline Junkies, colon podcast, Instagram and Twitter, Sideline Junkies. Keep up with us. Always talking something, always posting something. I think I might even do a little something and, and, and start a little something with BJ while he while he working his... uh. 8 to 5 and you know he can't respond to me till he get a chance until he take a break but I think I might start a little tiff with him about Buffalo something like that or start something with him with about the Wizards and get Delonte to just get a whole dag on Twitter war going on with the fellas and then bring the Don in and I'm like you know what there it is my tag team partner here he got chairs what's good <laughs> so with that being said y'all have a good night sideline junkies out This has been another Sideline Junkies production, sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show idea, you can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.